بسم الله الحمد لله نحمده واستعينه واستغفره نعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا من سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له اشهد ان لا اله الا الله واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله all the praises due to allah alone we seek his help and his guidance and we seek refuge in allah from the evil of our sins Whomever Allah guides, there is none to misguide. Whomever Allah misguides, there is none to guide. I bear witness and open testimony. There is nothing anywhere, any place, any time worthy of worship other than Allah alone, and He has no partners. And I bear witness and open testimony that Muhammad is His last and final messenger. Ya Yuladina Amanu Attaqa Rabbukum O you who believe, fear your Lord. Huwaladi khalaqukum. He's the one who created you. Wa azwajukum and your mates. And he is the one who has sent his messenger, Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam, with his last and final messenger message, which is the same message of all the prophets that ever came. The prophet peace and blessing be upon him told us that there is no prophet who came. Except that he brought the message of La ilaha illallah. There is none worthy of worship, and there is nothing worthy of worship except Allah alone. He also told us that there was no prophet except that he told of another prophet to come after him with his self being the only exception because no prophet will come after him. And Allah mentioned this in Quran in Surah Al-Hasab when he tells us that Muhammad is not the father of any of your men but he is the Khatm al-Anbiya which means he's the seal of all the prophets. He also, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, told us that there is no prophet that came except that he warned the people about Al-Masih dajjal the Antichrist, the false prophet who will come in the last day and deceive the people and make them see the heaven as hell and the hell as the heaven. So, I thought it would be a good chance for us to review these things and think about it. We're having the Juma Salat today and uh, we're in a time when we see a lot of people asking us about Islam and sometimes we don't have the answers or sometimes we don't know how to say it in English. Or sometimes we just don't know how to say what we know in a way that they can accept it. So by referring, first of all, to the basics, then perhaps it will help me when I'm talking to the people to at least come to some common grounds where we can communicate. If we think about it, actually some of the events that have taken place have helped us. It may not have helped us financially, may not have helped us achieve some of the goals that we had in this dunya, in this material world. True. But they have helped us to make da'wah. They have helped us to explain Islam. You may ask how. Well, first of all, before the events that have taken place in recent years, all the people of the West, including myself, knew zero about Islam. Zero. 
Some people didn't even know it was a religion. And we're talking about a vacuum where knowledge ought to be. Some people didn't even know, and even today, people don't know that Muslims follow Islam. They don't realize there's an association between these two words. Now, that's really amazing. I mentioned in the talk last night at the university that while I was down in Florida, I was on a radio show. And after the radio show was over, the lady who hosted the show asked me, by the way, I forgot to ask you, are you Islamic or are you a Muslim? This is nuts. So this vacuum needed to be filled. And the Muslims weren't doing it. They weren't taking the message of the people. So, Allah gave us encouragement and incentive. A lot of it, all at once. He even let our enemies do some of the free advertising for us. I recall very well that my fellow countrymen from my home state of Texas stood there on the White House lawn and he said real clear in front of, as we say in Texas, in front of God and everybody. He said, Islam is a religion of peace. That's what he said. What's his agenda? I don't care. I'm just telling you what he said. And I'm telling you that people all over the world knew about his speech the next day. It was translated in every single language. And for people that didn't hear it, they got to read it because it was in every single newspaper. And for people that couldn't hear, couldn't read, somehow somebody took the message to him in the deepest parts of Africa and the, in the jungles of South America and said, you know what? The President of the United States of America said Islam is peace. I can't help but wonder what some of the responses of the people might have been. Even today, in our topic for the week of your awareness program here in Muncie, Indiana, has been the topic of Islam, the religion of tolerance and peace. And I think I saw another one today that said the religion of Islam is a religion of tolerance, peace, and love. I think you're stretching it when you start trying to sound too much like the Christians. Although, of course, we know these statements are true. We don't need to put that on a bumper sticker. I think what we need to do more than anything else is, uh, what about a free demonstration? If you were selling a car, big car, fancy car, and a doctor, a lawyer, or anybody came in and wanted to buy a car, and he said, can I have a free demonstration? Wouldn't you let them have a demonstration? You're going to sell a $50,000, $80,000 automobile, and you don't want to spend 87 cents worth of gas? So, of course, you're going to let him take a ride in it, drive it around, check it out, right? Free sample. So, what I'm going to be mentioning in this khutbah is about the free sample of Islam. And if we don't know the basics, we can't even begin to show it because we don't know what it is. On the way over, the brother and I were talking about this situation. It's, it's really sad. It's so sad that some of the small things in this land that we should know, we don't know. Some of the brothers will challenge me, especially those that have been praying for... I, brother, I, I've been praying for eight months now, you know. Okay, so you're Alan. But <laughs> it's, it's not... It's not as easy as you think. 
to just come in the masjid and pray a few times and suddenly you have all the knowledge about Islam. Islam is wide and it's deep. It has a lot. But you can call people to Islam even if you know one verse or ayah from the Quran. Nobody said you can't be a caller. But I would like for us to make a distinction between callers, da'is, or du'at, and ulama, scholars. Don't get confused in your job, you know what I'm saying? The big pay, the big pay goes to the one who calls the people to Islam. The one who's alim also gets big pay, but he has a big punishment waiting for him if he messes up. Big punishment if he messes up. How? The Prophet told us that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to start the fire of Jahannam, the nar, the fire. He's going to start it with the scholars of Islam who preached it, but they didn't live it. So don't be in a big hurry to get a lot of information about Islam that you can run around preaching to everybody else, but you don't follow it. Because you just fall in that category. May Allah save us from that. But just demonstrate what you got. Do you know how to be nice? Do you know how to be kind? Do you know how to be respectful? Do you know how to humble yourself to the needs of other people and prefer for your brothers what you like for yourself? Aren't these the teachings of Islam? Let people see it. So you don't have to say, we're a religion of tolerance. We're a religion of love and peace. Okay, great. Show me. Show me your peace. I'm not talking about a peace. Show me your love. Show me your tolerance. One of the problems, let me give you some examples so you can get an idea. One of the problems that we run into is when we go to these chat rooms on the internet or when we get in a dialogue with somebody in a cafe somewhere and they start saying things to us that are wrong. And while they're still talking, we interrupt them. Where's the tolerance there? We've all demonstrated we don't have any tolerance because we didn't even let him finish his sentence. We don't have to agree. We don't have to shake our heads. Yeah, that's right, that's right. Well, we know it's not right, but we should let him finish. And let me give you a little clue. I spent a lot of years in what we call retail selling things. Big ticket means cost lots of dollars. Have commas in the price tag. One of the things we learn real fast is if you alienate the customer just to show off how much you know, you don't have a sale. It's very, very important not to break your relationship with the person before you get the message across. So, suppose, okay, I'm going to give you an example. Somebody comes to you and says something about the prophet, and I don't want to say it. I'm not here or anywhere, so I'm going to say he says something this wrong about the Prophet and he's talking and saying this and that and so and so and so and you want to strike out and that's a good feeling by the way you should feel bad that somebody's insulting the one most beloved to Allah but at the same time if you duke this guy out in the face what's going to happen Muslim terrorist strikes innocent man in Muncie, Indiana that's what's going to be you saw what's on TV today Three med students are driving down the road with medical equipment in the car. All of a sudden, they're terrorists. Why? Some lady in a diner heard them say the name of where they're going in Florida. And some comment was made. Uh, 
Who knows? They might have said, oh, let's blow this whole trip off. Oh, they're going to blow up something. Okay, see? And the next thing you know, these are terrorists. Middle Eastern descent. Although they happen to have been American citizens. So, you have to take it easy. Take it easy. Tolerance. And then, tell them this. There may be some truth in some of what you said. Now, why did I say that? Because he might have said that Muhammad Sallallahu was an Arab. And that's true. He might have said that the Prophet Sallallahu had a Quran. And that's true. So, anything he said is true. I'm, I'm verifying that by saying there may be some truth in what you say. But have you considered that there are some points here that are actually incorrect and at least they need to be addressed from the point of view of someone who knows this subject. And would you like to learn more about it and share with each other in the future? We could get together. Here's my card. Here's the website, todayislam.com. You know that's what we're here for. And just try to make sure that he understands that you're not trying to fight him, but you're trying to come to common terms. And we can't do that with people who are lying. So this gives us an example. This gives us one example where we can begin. And then tell him. Do you know? For instance, I'm going to go to another subject now. Because we're working in universities a lot. I was noticing that a lot of times professors, especially in some of the European universities, wear a black robe. Have you ever noticed that black robe that a lot of the professors wear? You seen it? Okay. That robe was never worn in any of the European universities before Islam. Do you know that? you know why? Because there weren't any universities in Europe before Islam. How many of you knew that? It wasn't until the Muslims established learning centers and that the Europeans used to send their children to be educated in our universities, in Baghdad, in Cairo, Andalusia, Spain. It wasn't until then that they even realized how ignorant they really were and how much they needed universities. When the Europeans used to send their children to learn, they were being taught for a lot, a lot of it in Arabic. And it used to be considered really hip, really cool, on top, to be able to say some Arabic words. Can you imagine that? Come home. My, my son said, Salaam Alaikum today. Oh, wow! Wow, what does it mean? <laughs> because they were impressed with this. But for whatever reasons, we let go, didn't hang on. And it got taken away from us. Now we're going back looking like, wow, how educated these people are. Look what they know. Look at this technology. Where did it come from? The medicine and technology that we have today came from where? All of it came from Allah. We know that. But why is their word for their chemistry called alchemy? Because it comes from Arabic. That's why. And in math, a logarithms comes from what language? Arabic. Algebra. Arabic. Algebra. 
We want to talk about geography, surveying, compasses, shooting the uh, stadia, uh, and, uh, which is a form of measurement of the land, and determining depths and distances in outer space. Who established this astronomy business? And took it away from being astrology, which is believing there's some kind of gods in the stars, and turned it into a science. Who did that? Muslims. But if you don't know any of that, how can you go out and tell these people? And they look at you like, oh, you're from the third world, huh? You don't know nothing. Excuse me. Maybe I don't. I don't agree with you. You know why? Because I'm an American. I waste all my time learning how to make a dollar and chase it around and throw it away like you. You don't have to get that tough, but you see what I'm saying? That, yeah, but I'll agree with you. I may not have knowledge, but for sure a lot of the knowledge and technology that we use today came straight out of the early scientists and scholars of Islam. And I invite your attention to these things. And, and that's how you say it. I invite your attention to this. You can go to our website and print them out. We have many things in there. Very interesting things that they don't know anything about at all. But I always like to start out with a basic inter introduction to the subject of Islam itself by translating the meanings of these Arabic words. Because if they don't have it that way, they won't understand it. Many of you were with us last night. And I'm sure that many of you have heard this from our tapes and programs, CDs. But I'm going to mention it again because it doesn't hurt anything. To mention what we mean when we say Islam. Islam is two things. It's a verb and it's a noun. It's a noun and that's how they know it as the religion or faith that came with Muhammad. Peace be upon him. But it's also a verb. It's a way of dealing with your Lord. It's your relationship with Almighty Allah since Adam. Since before Adam, since the jinn, if anybody did Islam, he was an Islamer or Muslim. Meaning that he surrendered, submit, obey, in sincerity and peace to Allah. That's it. If he did it, he's a Islamer. But we don't use er in Arabic as a suffix. We use meme or mu as a prefix. Mu, Islam. It's as simple as that. If you explain that, you watch their face and they go, Really? They don't know. And Islam contains the word peace in it. It's one-fifth of being a Muslim is peace. But it's not the kind of peace where we put down all our weapons and you just beat us up. It's the kind of peace that we have with Allah knowing that whatever He ordered us to do, we're going to try our best to do it without being disobedient to Him. Fasik. So, that gives us some insight into how to begin. First, get some basic knowledge. Learn a little about the people you're talking to. Be patient with them and give them a chance to say something. And then, come back with, you may have some points. Certainly, there's truth in what you say. But at the same time, I'd like to introduce something here too. If we're sharing, I'd like to share with you. Don't attack their Bible. Don't attack their belief. If any of you think you're going to do that to bring people to Islam, I will assure you that we've had somebody very, very good at debating who went around the world 
And I followed some years later after this individual. And I found such fitness as you cannot believe. In Sweden, where there used to be so much, the government was more for Islam than anything else. And a lot of the Muslims were in the parliament in Sweden. Still are. But it wasn't until somebody tried to debate a particular bishop that they had there and made him look like a fool, which wasn't really hard to do. But then he became angry and has been using his energy ever since to try to destroy Islam and put it down in that whole country. So what was the benefit? Sell some videos? Singapore, we can't even get in. For two years I'm trying to get my visa approved by the government of Singapore just to go over there because the Muslim Student Association wants us to come. They have to know what I'm going to say. It has to be recorded. Somebody from the government's going to go with me everywhere I go and listen to every single word. Why? Because of the same exact thing. When the, somebody was there, same person, doing this debate scene, it hurt the feelings of the people. So they started a riot. Government doesn't want riots. They want peace, love, and tolerance. So when you don't demonstrate it, how do you think people are going to believe you? And then finally, I'm going to mention Australia. On Good Friday, which is the day that they believe that Jesus went to the cross and so and so, to do a debate about Jesus, was he ever on the cross? Or was he God? Or something like this? And the people turned out in the thousands because the local brothers there invited them, gave them the invitation. They thought it was going to be something nice. And I swear to you, wallahi, we could do it. We can show them on their Good Friday things about Islam that they will not argue with. We can't. Because we're the only ones that believe as close as they do. But we'll just leave out the subject for the time being, on that day at least, that you know is going to make them crazy. But you say, well, I have to tell them Jesus wasn't on the cross. You're right. You also got to tell them that they got to pray. You also need to tell them they need to wear a hijab if they're women. You also got to tell them they got to wear a beard if he's a man. There's a whole lot of things to tell them. Miswak is real important in Islam. But you don't have to tell them all of it at one time. Do you? Step by step. We believe Allah is one. And that's the first thing we need to teach them. May Allah guide us. May Allah open our hearts to our own message and make us of those people who will carry this message to the last day. Amen. Bismillah. Alhamdulillah. In Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen. Wa salatu wa salam ala Rasulullah al-Kareem. Wa ala alihi wa sabbi ajma'een. Asharu la ilaha illallah. Wa asharu Muhammadin abduhu wa rasul. Fa'ina istakaw hadithi kitabullah wa khairu khadiyah hadiyah Muhammad. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. وَأَشْرُرُوا الْمُورِ مُتَّثَاتِهَا وَكُلِّ مُتَّثَاتٍ بِدَعَةٍ وَكُلِّ بِرِتٍ دَلَالَةٍ وَكُلِّ دَلَالَةٍ فِنَّارٍ I'm only going to translate the part that's different from what I said earlier. And that is that the best speech is in the Book of Allah. Best words, best stories, Book of Allah. Best following, follow Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. 
And the worst of all deeds or actions are to put innovations or new things in the religion of Islam when in fact it was perfected 1400 years ago and that made us to do that. And the continuation of translation that every single innovation is a misguiding and every misguiding is into the fire of hell. And likewise, when we talk about the dawah, calling the people to Islam, there is a way to do it, and then there's innovation. If you do it the right way, even if the people don't become Muslim, you'll get reward. But if you use innovation, even if they become Muslim, you can get punished. Allah doesn't need you to change His religion for Him. He doesn't need you to change His Quran he doesn't need you to make up hadith or apologize for either one of them. And he doesn't need you to come with a new way to show Islam. He don't need me to do it either. That last day was from that. These people in this country, especially in America, 270 million or 280 million of them, need Islam. Their biggest problem is they're not Muslim. They don't have a problem except that it could be corrected by Islam. Mental, social, economical, physical, and certainly spiritual. I talked with one last night that works late at the hotel where I'm staying. He didn't use the internet, so I listened to him talk. He was crazy. You could tell at one time this man had had a mind... He'd done his degree work here at, at this same university some years ago, but he'd gone way off the deep end. He determined, in his long talk to me, I won't give you all of it, but he determined that there were some things wrong in Christianity. Then he determined that there were some things wrong with Judaism and their scriptures and their teachings. Then he went through the list. Hinduism, New Age, metaphysics, Buddhism, one to the other, to the other, to the other, until he came to Islam and it was explained to him wrong. I could tell by what he was saying. So he lumped it over there with the garbage and everything he said was nuts. He hears voices. Duh, guess what? <laughs> the jinn. And he thinks these voices are something from the eternals. And there's some kind of ether that everybody's living on. And when we die, we're going back to that and coming back in another life and blah, blah, blah. And the American Indian religions and Taoism, the yin, the yang, he went on and on and on. And every once in a while, I try to inject a little something. I went nowhere with it. You know why? Because I could tell every time I said something, he would come back. No, my friend, my Muslim friend already told me, blah, blah, blah. And I listened and I said, yep, told it wrong. Talk about the wrong things. Can you imagine, I'm going to get to another subject. Can you imagine that I've talked to people, not Muslim, trying to attack Islam. They can tell me about making mess on your khufain. Wiping your socks. How can they do that? How could somebody in this country come to me and want to talk to me about the religious ruling on whether or not you can wipe the top of your sock or the bottom of your sock when you make wudu? How? How can they ask me about such things as the intimate things in sex, for instance, and the rulings on them by various scholars, even named scholars, and they don't know la ilaha illallah? 
What are you doing? Allah's sending them to us. They're coming in droves. They're taking all the books on Islam. out. If you want to make money, just write any book. It can be a cookbook, a book about art. Just say it's Islamic cookbook, Islamic artwork. Put it out here. They're going to buy it because it's Islam and they're scared and they need to know what's Islam. But what do they need to know about Islam? What is it that the Rasul said when he was asked this question? Now listen to the question and think what you would do if somebody asked you the same question. He was asked the question, can you tell me something about Islam that only you can tell me? Give me something about Islam only you can tell me. What would you say? Oh yeah, I just got Bukhari out the other day. I was just reading Riyadh Salahin. Uh, I was going through some of the big stuff. I'm going to really, yeah, I'm going to really dump it on him. Boy, I got to some stuff out of here. Tafsir Quran by uh, Maududi has some things mentioned. Ibn Kathir said so and so and so, right? You can dump, right? But guess what? The Prophet ﷺ answered that question. Tell me something about Islam that only you can tell me with these statements. Qul amanta billah Two things. Say I put everything into the trust of Allah. And then be steadfast on what you said. Wow. And when Mu'ad bin Jabal was dispatched to go to Yemen, to the Christians, to call them to Islam... Christians, hello, that's what we're dealing with today. The Prophet ﷺ told him what? What did he order him to tell him about? Tell him about what? The politics of Islam, is that what he said? Is that what he told him about? About how to do mashura? Huh? No. He said, call them to what? Tell them about La ilaha illallah. That's it. If they accept that, then you tell them about salawat al-khams, the five prayers. For crying out loud, even that word prayer, that doesn't even work. Do you know that? When you say prayer, you're confusing these people. Say salat. And they'll say, what's that? This is something where we stand in a ritualistic devotion prescribed by our Creator in a way to worship Him five times a day. It doesn't have an English word. And guess what? They'll say, okay, salat. They'll learn it like that. But if you say prayer, he thinks you mean dua. And he'll tell you, my Bible tells me to pray all the time. In other words, being the dhikr of Allah. See, even something as small as that. Stay with one thing at a time. Tell them what? La ilaha illallah. And now, to finish, what does it mean? I heard one of our brothers say the other day, after he said, La ilaha illallah, he gave the translation. No God but God. But that's all there is to it. Hindu works. There's no God except God. Well, he'll tell you right away, God is one. Hindus say that. Do you know that? God's one. We're just worshiping Him through these 380, 50, 60, jillion, million, gazillion icons. Animals, rocks, sticks, stones, creatures, 
cockroaches, cows, everything. They worship them. But they say there's only one God. Christians say there's only one God. Everybody's saying one God. But they're just going different ways to get there. They'll even use that expression. You live here. I live over there. The supermarket's over here. So I go one way. You go the other. We both get to the supermarket, don't we? Have you heard that one? Wow. One Hindu told me that God's in the center of a wheel and all of us are on the ends of the spokes, these different spokes coming in and there's no problem. We're all going to go to paradise. Now, just in case you're starting to wonder if that's true, I'm going to share with you something real quick. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in his book, in Adina, in the Islam, for sure the only thing for religion for him is Islam. Same surah, he said, If anybody wants a religion other than Islam, he will not accept it. And in the hereafter, they will be amongst the chasarin, the losers. And the Prophet took a stick and he drew a line in dirt. He said, that's a straight path to Allah. Surah Al-Mustakim. Then he drew tangents off of it, angles, you know, with a stick. He said, these are the deviant sects or religions that come off of it. He said, and everyone has a shaitan calling to it. So we can't sit there and go through these interfaith dialogues and agree with them when they say these kind of things. By the way, I'm a chaplain, and so I work with a lot of other religions. I sit there quietly when they speak. I don't nod my head when they're saying kufr and shirk. And it's not my time to speak. I clarify our points. Islam is not a religion made by human beings. It is something from Allah, and He wants us to worship Him a certain way, and He has two things. This is your final thought for the day, by the way, and then I'm going to let you go. Two things. He gave us this whole entire dunya, this material world to live in, and we can do what we want to do, and it can still be considered worship to Him in this way. Everything He put out there for us is considered permissible except what He made forbidden. Everything out there to do, you want a job, drive a car, you want to be a painter, an airplane pilot? Don't fly over New York right now, though. But I'm saying that you can do all these different things, many things, as long as they're not forbidden and you take reward for it just because you're a Muslim. Then on the other aspect, the second thing is worship. He prescribes what is worship. And he forbids you to do anything else in worship except what he and his messenger have prescribed as worship. Get it? Everything in the world you're free to do except what he forbids. Eat anything except the meat of the pig and the donkey and so on. And in the worship, don't do anything at all that you want to do, but rather do what he's ordered you to do. As simple as that. Simple as that. And with that thought, I'll close and ask Allah to bless all of us and give us Hidayah guidance. Rabbana atina fi dunya hasan wa fil akhirati hasan wa kina dabin nar. Allahumma salli ala Muhammad wa ala ali Muhammad kama salli ala Ibrahim 
wala alibihim inafhamidin mungkin ikamu salam